Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, July 16th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Democratic Congresswomen call U.S. President Donald Trump's tweets a distraction. Steven Mnuchin joins a list of critics warning against Facebook's cryptocurrency. And money manager Jeffrey Epstein discloses his assets in a court filing after being charged with the sex trafficking of underage girls. Plus, the FT's Ahmed Al-Amran explains how Saudi Arabia is reviving efforts to lure dissidents home. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. I encourage the American people and all of us in this room and beyond to not take the bait. This is a disruptive distraction from the issues of care, concern, and consequence to the American people. That was Congresswoman Ayanna Presley. She was joined by fellow House Representatives Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Rashida Tlaib, and Ilhan Omar. Over the weekend, President Donald Trump took to Twitter to attack the, quote, radical left congresswomen, saying they should go back to the, quote, places from which they came. The tweets appeared to target the four Democratic women of color. All are American citizens, and all but one were born in the United States. Ms. Omar arrived in the U.S. as a child refugee. The four are members of the new progressive wing of the Democratic Party. They've been vocal about many of Mr. Trump's policies, including the humanitarian crisis at the U.S. southern border. Some members of Mr. Trump's own Republican Party also criticized Mr. Trump's tweets. Senator Lindsey Graham said the president should, quote, aim higher and remember that the U.S. is a diverse nation. This came after he golfed with Mr. Trump over the weekend. In London, the two remaining candidates of the U.K. Conservative Party leadership race also weighed in on the issue during a debate. Frontrunner Boris Johnson usually avoids criticizing the president, but in this case, he didn't hold back. If you're the, the leader of a great multiracial, multicultural uh, society, you simply cannot use that kind of language about sending people back to where they came from. Mr. Trump doubled down on his comments during a press briefing on Monday. If you're not happy here, then you can leave. As far as I'm concerned, if you hate our country, if you're not happy here, you can leave. The U.S. Treasury Secretary says Facebook has, quote, a lot of work to do before going ahead with its planned cryptocurrency. During a press conference on Monday, Steven Mnuchin says he wanted to see more detail from Facebook about the digital coin known as Libra. Treasury has been very clear to Facebook, Bitcoin users, and other providers of digital financial services that they must implement the same anti-money laundering and countering financing of terrorism safeguards as traditional financial institutions. Mr. Mnuchin's comments reflect a broader bipartisan concern across Washington if Libra becomes widely used. Officials say they're worried people will use the currency to launder money, finance terrorism, and avoid taxes. Central banks are worried about how it might affect monetary policy if it reaches global popularity. Facebook is due to testify before Congress about Libra today. And money manager Jeffrey Epstein has disclosed assets worth just under $560 million. Mr. Epstein's asset summary was filed under seal last week to a Manhattan federal court and released on Monday. 
He's looking to be released on bail after being charged with the sex trafficking of underage girls. The asset summary revealed that Mr. Epstein's biggest single investment was in, quote, hedge funds and private equity. It was followed by a string of properties and holdings in equities. The document provided a limited glimpse into Mr. Epstein's otherwise secretive wealth. It's unclear whether the figures were audited or whether Mr. Epstein had significant debts not listed in the summary. The disclosure followed a bail hearing on Monday morning. Mr. Epstein's lawyer said he was willing to post bail as high as $100 million. The judge overseeing the case said he would issue a decision regarding Mr. Epstein's bail on Thursday. And here's a closer look at a story we're following. It's been nine months since Jamal Khashoggi was murdered in the Saudi Arabian consulate in Istanbul. He was a self-exiled journalist and author critical of Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. Now, the kingdom is reviving its efforts to bring other dissidents back home, before they can disrupt the narrative of reform promoted by the powerful Crown Prince. The FT's Ahmed Al-Omaran has more from Riyadh. After the killing of journalist Jamal Khashoggi in the Saudi consulate in Istanbul in October last year, some details started to emerge about how did this come to happen. And one of the details that came out was that the effort to try to convince Jamal Khashoggi to come back was based on the stand-in order from many years ago. And in the Saudi version of events, the attempt started as a way to try to convince him to come back. And then that attempt went disastrously wrong and ended up with his murder. And following that, there was a lot of scrutiny over Saudi government conduct with its critics abroad. The Saudi government is growing increasingly concerned about the growing Saudi diaspora abroad. And they have kind of revived effort to try to convince some of these people to return. Are there any hard details that you can delve into about this initiative? Yes. So our reporting show that out of this growing concern about the increasing number of Saudis abroad, the royal court has commissioned a study to look into this phenomenon, suggesting solutions to deal with it. That study, which remains under review inside the royal court and is unlikely to become public, has estimated that the number of Saudi political asylum seekers would reach 50,000 by 2030. Now, that's a big number, and there is a lot of concern about it. And the study has recommended that the government should take a softer approach in its dealings with dissidents by offering them incentives and options to return back home with some assurances about their safety when they return. Ahmed, what is it that the kingdom is concerned about? A part of the Crown Prince economic reform plan depends on changing the image of Saudi Arabia from a country that is conservative and closed to a country that is more open and more welcoming to business, particularly foreign investors. And having a strong opposition voices abroad could puncture that image because at a time when the government is trying to promote itself as changing, as becoming more open, as becoming more liberal, those dissidents abroad who enjoy credibility since they are Saudi citizens who used to live in the country can come out and offer an alternative narrative to the one that the government is trying to promote. 
Do you know how dissidents are reacting to this idea of a softer approach? You know, for people watching from outside, the scene might offer some contradictions because on the one hand, under the Crown Prince reform plan, the country has become more socially open. They allowed women to drive, they allow music and cinemas and other social liberalization changes. And that gives the impression that the country is becoming, you know, more relaxed and more open. But what many activists say is that at, at the same time, these changes taken place, the margin for freedom of expression in the country has been diminishing. And the space that many activists and writers previously had to debate and discuss different issues in the country, including the reform plans, is quickly disappearing. And that seems to be one of the main reasons that are driving people outside leaving the country and, and staying abroad because they no longer feel safe about engaging in that debate inside. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. Today, we'll be following events in Washington with representatives from Facebook, Google, Amazon, and Apple set to appear before the House Judiciary Committee for a session on online platforms and on market power. And J.P. Morgan Chase, Goldman Sachs, and Wells Fargo are all due to report their second quarter earnings. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.